And the meeting is now being recorded. And, uh, Chair Lachlan, whenever you're ready to call the meeting to order. All right, Kyle, let's call the meeting to order. Good afternoon. This is a special meeting of the San Francisco Urban Forestry Planning Urban Forestry Council Planning and Funding Committee. The date is Tuesday, February 21st. The time is 4.04 p.m. My name is Kyle Wainer, Commissioner Affairs Officer at the Environment Department. I'm joined by Jesus Lozano, Urban Forestry Council Coordinator at the Environment Department. Please note that the reading of cell phones, pagers, and similar devices can still happen virtually and is still prohibited. Please set your device to silent. Council members will attend the meeting through video conference or by telephone if the video fails and participate in the meeting to the same extent as if they were physically present. Public comment will be available for each item on the agenda. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to speak. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available via phone by calling 1-415-655-0001 and entering access code 2486-856. 9835 and the meeting password, which is CCSF. That's CCSF or 2273 via dialing. Once connected, dial star three to be added to the speaker queue. Best practices are to call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down any other devices. I will now read the line of acknowledgement. The Urban Forestry Council Planning and Funding Committee acknowledges that we occupy the unsuited land of the Ramatush Ohlone peoples who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. We wish to pay our respects to the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community and to affirm their sovereign rights as First Peoples. We honor the Ramatush Ohlone for their enduring commitment to steward Mother Earth. We recognize that the Ramatush Ohlone have lived in harmony with nature for millennia and that to achieve a truly ecologically sustainable future for San Francisco, we must embrace indigenous traditional ecological knowledge and how we care for the city's lands waters, and all its people. This concludes the land acknowledgement. I will now call the roll. Chair Lachin? Present. Member Crawford? Here. Member Sullivan? So, Chair Lachin, we have a quorum. Terrific. Let us move on to the next item. The next item is item two, review and vote on whether to approve resolution file 2023-01-UFC-PF, resolution making findings to allow teleconference meetings under California Government Code Section 54953E. The speaker is Jesus Lozano, Urban Forestry Council Coordinator. The explanatory document is resolution file 2023-01-UFC-PF. This item is for discussion and action. This document as normal. Why just move forward? I move to approve. Second. Yeah, with the chair's permission, we can open it up to public comment. Please. Members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now press star three to be added to the speaker queue. For those already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And I'll pause for a moment while the access code and password are displayed on the screen.
And seeing no callers in the queue, public comment on this item is closed. With the chair's permission, I'll now call the roll. Chair Washington? Aye. Member Crawford? Aye. Member Sullivan? Motion passes. Let's move on. The next item is item three adoption and minutes of the December 6, 2022 Urban Forestry Council Planning and Funding Committee meeting. The explanatory document is the December 6, 2022 meeting draft minutes. This item is for discussion and action. I move to approve. I, I suppose, is there any discussion? I'm sorry. Is there any discussion? Okay, I move to approve. Second. Through the chair, we can open it up to public comment. And this is the public who wish to make a public comment on this item. You should now press star three to be added to the queue. For those already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And see no callers in the queue. Public comment on this item is closed. I'll now call the roll. Chair Lachin? Aye. Member Crawford? Aye. Member Sullivan? Aye. The motion passes. Move on. Chair, um, the next item is item four, general public comment. Members of the public may address the council on matters that are within the council's jurisdiction and are not on today's agenda. Just one moment. Members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now press star three to be added to the queue. For those who are already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And we do have one caller in the queue. Hello, caller, you're unmuted. You're three minutes to get now. Yes. All right, I'll, I'll keep it quick. Um, yeah, I just, I would just encourage this uh, committee to start work as soon as possible regarding uh, tree planting budget for the next fiscal year. Um, as you know, there was no tree replacement money in the current fiscal year. And uh, I, I'm not sure that this council, I think the council's pretty late to the game in terms of pushing for any funding in that budget last year. And I know from my participation in other groups around the city that they are already organizing. There are already letters and presentations and meetings with supervisors and whatnot. Um, and so, you know, this council is really kind of uh, uh, the backstop when it comes to tree planting money. So I would just really encourage you to uh, really make a, a, a surge on that so that you can get this in front of um, our supervisors. And we don't have, you know, another year where they put zero dollars in the budget. Uh, toward tree planting. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. And see no additional calls in the queue. Public comment on the side is closed. May I uh, comment? Is that okay? Kyle? Um, yes, that's that's okay. Jesus, if it's okay with the chair. It's okay. Just. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just just minimal real... discussion. <laughs> yeah. Just real quick. Thank you, Josh. Um, we uh, put out the uh, funding request letter um, to the mayor at the end of last week. I haven't had a chance to distribute it outside of the council, but um, please uh, be sure that you'll see that in your inbox pretty soon. Uh, yeah, that's all. Any other public comment? No. Right. Let us move on to our next um, item um, and let me welcome our speaker, Mike Herrick. And I'll let Mike introduce himself. Kyle, I'm sorry, I'm stepping on you. I'm stepping on you here. Kyle, no so just for context, um, this is item five discussion of possible action regarding community solutions for expanding citywide urban forestry efforts. The speaker is Mike Yarrick, Program Director from City Urban Forest. This item is for discussion and possible action. Hi, thank you. Um, I guess introduction of myself, uh, beyond just being the Program Director at Friends of the Urban Forest, I'm a San Francisco resident um, and an avid tree lover and somebody who has been planting trees in the city of San Francisco for around nine years now. Um, and so I come here as a resource um, and as a supporter of urban forestry in general and specifically in San Francisco. Um, and that's my speech. I don't have any other prepared remarks um, other than just to, again, support the work of the Urban Forestry Council. I guess I go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I'm I'm Jesus. If you if you want to um, lead the discussion, I'm I'm fine with that. And Mike, if you had something you you wanted to present, I certainly have questions <laughs> and ideas. But Jesus, you 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 were first. Go. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, just to preface, um, in case you know, uh, folks aren't super prepared, I asked. Um, Mike to join us in discussion um, related to the, the funding discussions that we have in a lot recently, uh, where we wanna start planning for um, what the council would do and what um, organizations around the city might need to do to actually uh, take action on any, any funding that we could receive. Um, that and as well any other mobilization of more partners and uh, stakeholders to plant and care for trees around the city. So it is, um, this discussion is with the goal of developing a, um, an item for full council that would prove um, fruitful later on. Um, if anything comes out of this discussion, I'd like to draft um, recommendations for the, for the council to to discuss later on and have Mike and maybe another FUF staff join us then to, to narrow down what um, collaboration might look like. Right. So I'll go. Um, thank you, Jesus. Um, so Mike, maybe give us a super brief overview of where we are um, as far as tree planting um, and then where maybe the, the key limitations lie. Um, and I could, of course, 
speculate, but I don't want to. Um, so I just thought, um, you know, given where we are now, and Jesus summed it up really nicely, I think our idea is to kind of position um, everyone who, who plants trees in the city for success in a future where perhaps more funding is available or more staffing is available or something like that. But I think it's kind of important to, to start by just having a super brief overview of where we are now. Um, and we have an idea of where we'd like to be, you know, somewhere around 4,000, 4,500 trees planted per, uh, street trees planted per year. Um, we're clearly not there. Um, and so we're, we're trying to get to this idea of what would we need? So I don't know. And, and again, this is, and just to be completely 100% clear, this is not, this discussion is not intended as a critique of anybody or of any um, uh, past policy or entity, whether city of San Francisco or anyone else. Um, we're simply trying to gauge where we are and then what kind of resources we need to get to a, a place where we are actually growing our street tree population year over year. And Friends of the Urban Forest, if, if Mike doesn't say it, I should say it, have been um, the major tree planting force, and I use that, that term in all its meanings, um, for, for a couple of decades um, in San Francisco. And you can really see the imprint of the Friends of the Urban Forest along San Francisco streets. So. With, with that preface, um, you know, Mike, take it away. Yeah, thank you, Igor, and, and thank you, Jesus, for that additional framing. I can certainly talk about, um, you know, where we are at for Friends of the Urban Forest. I think, you know, beyond the scope of our organization, I leave that up to, to you all for having that additional information, that additional context. Um, so over the past few years, Friends of the Urban Forest has planted in the ballpark of 1,000 to 1,500 trees per year. Um, we have a stated goal in our current strategic plan of planting approximately 2,000 trees per year. So as you can see, we are not meeting our own goals that we have set for ourselves. Um, and I think that in, in context of where Friends of the Urban Forest uh, is in the overall tree planting world that is San Francisco, um, is certainly contributing a lot to the tree planting efforts, but also is a big part in, in why across the city we're not meeting our, our goals stated in the urban forest plan. A um, few things that I can share beyond that, you know, again, because this is the planning and funding committee and Igor to your question of where are the pinch points, where are opportunities. Um, one big one is, is just physical space and funding and, and the requirements that some of our funding has on that, on, on where we plant and how we plant trees. Um, you know, I think folks here are, are fairly uh, familiar with the, the landscape of San Francisco um, and the competing interests that people have for public space that trees take up. Um, one of those things is the tree basin size and, and the removal of concrete in order to accommodate trees. Um, one, one thing in particular that I wanna highlight is the cost of concrete removal for Friends of the Urban Forest has increased dramatically. It's, it's essentially doubled over the past couple of years um, and, and along with that, um, some of the sources of our funding, very significant sources of our funding, namely CAL FIRE, um, have a tree basin minimum size 
of 24 square feet, which is uh, higher than what I would say the, you know, preceding 30, 40 years of tree planting in San Francisco made, uh, had as the norm. Um, and I think it's good uh, as an arborist to give trees more soil volume wherever you can, uh, remove as much impermeable surface as possible. Um, but the question does arise of, you know, at what point does that then eliminate tree planting spaces, uh, particularly in the areas of highest need, uh, the, densest, the densest areas of San Francisco, the areas where uh, planting a single tree has the most impact? Um, at what point also does that affect budgets and the cost of planting a single tree, um, especially in light of needing to, you know, concrete removal costs going up dramatically, needing to backfill that, that, uh, that tree basin with additional soil to bring it up to grade. Um, and so that has certainly been one of the factors that Friends of the Urban Forest has faced. Um, and one of the challenges that Friends of the Urban Forest has faced in terms of increasing our tree numbers uh, to meet our, our 2000 tree goal stated in the Urban Forest Plan. Um, you know, in addition to that, we have also over the last several years- Sorry, Mike. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. This is uh, Nick Crawford, Bureau of Urban Forestry. I just wanted to ask if you could, um, could you give us the the changes in the basin size requirements? It went from what to what and could be increased to what, just so we have those numbers to work with. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, well, the Bureau of Urban Forestry or, or uh, Department of Public Works uh, requires a minimum of nine square feet. Um, and Cal Fire in particular requires a minimum of 24 square feet. We are currently in our, our most recent grant that we've received from Cal Fire are operating under an exception uh, to an increased rule that they have put forward, uh, increasing that to a minimum of 30 square feet. Um, so they have provided us an exception for our most recent grant to continue planting at 24 square feet, though they've made clear that in the future they intend to, uh, to ratchet that up to 30 square feet. Um, and, and some of their other grant RFPs that they've recently put out, they've actually already increased that to a minimum of 36 square feet per tree basin. Okay, thank you. I, um, and then is there another requirement for volume or not yet? Not yet, um, and, and you know I think that they're using the um, the area as sort of a stand-in for volume, um, and so currently, to my knowledge, there has not been a proposed soil volume requirement for their grants. Um, one thing I do want to address while we're just on the topic of Cal Fire is, is state funding in general. Uh, many of you may be aware that um, in the next you know, fiscal year's budget at the state level, Governor Newsom has promoted, uh, proposed dramatic cuts to environmental policy uh, and funding for environmental uh, issues. And has actually, that this has resulted in currently, CAL FIRE has an RFP for a urban and community uh, forestry grant that they have already put out, but they have informed potential funder, uh, potential grantees that the funding is no longer available for that RFP. So they've essentially paused an RFP due to budget cuts. And so uh, this you know, is not just a problem for San Francisco, but across the state. Uh, and it really hampers 
both our, our climate uh, change adaptation or our climate change carbon sequestration efforts statewide um, and specifically will impact potential funding opportunities for Friends of the Urban Forest and other entities like Friends of the Urban Forest, other people doing similar work. Um, I know of a few other organizations that have CAL FIRE funding in San Francisco. And, you know, this, I think, will have very real impacts on the amount of work that we can do in, in the near future. Um, and so I think that there is a, a, a role or a space for a city like San Francisco uh, that is, I think, much better equipped than many other municipalities throughout the state uh, to step in and help to, to help bridge that gap um, and to you know, provide funds at a city level to increase funding for urban canopy, for urban forestry efforts in a way that may be more suitable to the local challenges and the sites and the community interests uh, of, of the people that live and work and make up these communities. And so in, in San Francisco, I do think that there is a, you know, I think that maybe we are better placed. Um, and I would, I would say that certainly city funding could help bridge that gap if state funding does decrease. Hey, Mike, thanks for answering that. I, I think your, your perception is pretty well accepted. Um, I think that the millions of dollars a year that the city spends on tree planting puts it far ahead of other cities, but still behind our own goals, what we need to be, um, be contributing. And I think that Cal Fire for a long time has been a bulwark of funding for, for our tree planting through, um, through FUF. And I, certainly would see the the loss of cal fire support as a direct loss for san francisco trees um i think i understand that they have um that they have a desire to increase the basin size and it's, it's a certainly respectable even admirable um, for all the benefits of trees and i think it's in line with the industry progression of larger basin sizes, although it, shall we say it's aggressive in their leadership towards larger basin sizes and something that's difficult to maintain in an urban environment compared to a more suburban or even rural location, which um, may have your entire uh, acres of tree basins that are contiguous, which we can't compete with. but. Uh, in in my own brief conversations with Cal Fire, they've they've expressed an interest in funding other things besides direct tree planting in the city. I don't know that we need support in that. I think we really need the dollars for trees, and it, we need it to support um, partners like you. So without that, we'll have to figure something else out as a solution. And um, well, one thing that Walter Passmore had suggested was uh, cells as an option if that meant we could get the tree soil volume without the massive basin size. Uh, that could be a solution. I, in the last week, asked the folks doing Better Market Street how much it costs per tree for cells based on the contractor quotes they were getting, and it was $30,000 per tree. So if we're going from a $700 
per tree planting cost to 30,000 for some downtown sites. Like we've, we're going to have to ask for millions more in, in funding to make that happen or find ways to cost share with capital projects or developers or things like that, which all, all of which have their own challenges. So go ahead. Sorry, the cost for tree might be a little on the. It's really quiet, Andrew. Uh, on with my speaker. Is that any better? My a screen? lot better. Okay. And um, I heard I you, you were recently working on this. I heard your name brought up. Market Street? Yeah. I haven't been involved recently, but. Um, the um, I was just saying that cost might be a little anomalous. I think there's a lot of just because of the specific location and uh, any kind of profile of that project. But I mean, it's I'm sure it's a, as good of a kind of a of a data point as we might be able to get. Um, I was also I also thought that you know part of you know to to your points that you're raising, I think there'd be a, a good an interesting way to maybe uh, lean on Mike and Fuff broadly, as well as both as kind of partners in a bigger conversation that I would be interested in trying to help facilitate. You know, as the council, I think we have a lot of opportunities to um, kind of cheerlead for funding and, you know, support of various agencies and the mayor, et cetera. But I think we have, you know, limited authority to do anything. And I think one of the things that might be interesting is to find a way to have kind of facilitate these conversations and help kind of find ways that we could kind of, um, and I know a lot of FOF and others are do this already, but find a way to help kind of uh, coordinate agendas and asks and or programs so that there's a little bit more kind of coherent, cohesive picture of all the various agencies and groups within the city and that work within the city about their funding sources, where they're getting funding, and how those programs can kind of support each other. Yeah, Andrew, I think one of the ways that that we do have alignment is through um, the the funding priorities that that we have. Uh, we got funding uh, in the past for D11, and then the last two years for D10, which is why we did massive planting efforts there with FUF. And then this year, we're um, we've highlighted Soma Tenderloin Civic Center as our priority area, and that that's part of our discussion with Fuff saying, look, if if you plant here, then it's eligible for us to pay using these funds. So Fuff is like, say no more. We'll we'll prioritize that. Uh, but they also have to balance that. And I'd I would love to hear Mike's perspective on this too. But I but at least from from the city perspective. We know that they have other people asking for plantings and groups saying, hey, my neighbors and I are together. We want to plant this and Fuff wants to support that. But also, um, they also they also want to plant sites that are Cal Fire eligible so they can get Cal Fire grant money uh, and fulfill those grant requirements. So I, I see them trying to like, match all of those different funding sources. But I, 
before speaking for Mike, I will shut up. <laughs> let yeah, I was going to say, Mike, Mike, don't let them take it away from you. <laughs> um, the floor is yours. So yes. whatever, whatever you, you feel you need to address, please, um, you know, we, we want to hear from you. So certainly the issue of basin size, um, the CAL FIRE's challenge, and I, I we can have a longer discussion on this. Um, I sat on KUFAC for a number of years, and I think we need to bring this discussion up to KUFAC um, mm. because I think I think there is a moment here where Cal Fire could make some exceptions for demonstration projects. I know why the basin size requirements are there. I know why they're going up, but I think that this might be the moment to say, look, let, let's do a few demonstration projects where having trees in small, again, appropriate trees, appropriate trees in smaller basins makes a real difference. And then let's have CAL FIRE adjust their policy. I think there is a, so simply going and asking them adjust your policy, it's probably not gonna work. Uh, but saying, go ahead and fund a few demonstration projects so we can see what this does in a few neighborhoods. We can, we can actually have those trees in the ground. We can see the difference they make. Um, I think it would change the conversation uh, uh, and, and perhaps make it possible for them to to then change their policy. But anyway, now I'm going on and I shouldn't. Mike, the floor is yours. Yeah, thanks. And uh, certainly to, you know, Nick, to your point of uh, how we collaborate and, and where we plant. Um, yeah, I think that we are, you know, a very visible organization. Um, we plaster our logo and contact info over all of our trees. Um, and we, we really actually embrace that. We like that. Um, we want to be accessible. We want to be known in, in people's first call when they think of trees. Um, but certainly it does present challenges when weighing, you know, where to spend our limited resources. Um, and we have adopted a, a, a very strong environmental justice uh, lens and, and to help drive those decisions. Uh, you know, we want to plant trees where they traditionally have not been. Uh, the reasons for that, you know, I think folks on this call may be, you know, familiar with going back to things like redlining or, you know, exclusionary housing policies of, of, of other nature. Um, and, you know, I think that there's a lot of harm that we can help address. Um, and so when we are weighing those those priorities, um, it often does mean we're going to plant, you know, several times in some neighborhoods in a given year and no, no times in another neighborhood in a given year. Um, that doesn't mean that there isn't a pressing need to plant trees uh, throughout the city. Uh, and I think I, we share uh, what I believe is Public Works' uh, goal of seeing eventually every tree planting site planted uh, with an appropriate tree. Um, but I think that there is a pressing need for some places to be prioritized uh, in that effort. Um, and so one, one thing that I, you know, just to bring this back to kind of where we're at, um, to go along with that, and if you're going to be planting trees uh, to address need, um, you know, you want to do that in a way that benefits communities. And so one thing that Friends of the Urban Forest has done is really prioritize community engagement. Um, that is at the core at every tree that we plant. We want people to be engaged and have some level of agency in the trees and the, the makeup and the character of their street, of their neighborhood, and in some cases, the sidewalk directly outside their door. 
Um, so we, you know, we do a lot of, of groundwork to um, connect with people before we plant trees. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of times that is a missing piece in talks and discussions around budget, uh, creating budgets for tree planting is uh, what level of funding uh, for community engagement is included in, in those budgets. Um, and I think that that has direct, that translates directly to how those trees are received, how those trees uh, are maintained, and whether or not you're making uh, you know, really meaningful partnerships with communities and stewards uh, who will be, you know, in many cases, caring for those trees, uh, calling with issues, uh, reporting people who are, you know, planning to remove trees illegally. Um, and so I think that that is another really big priority for Friends of the Urban Forest currently, uh, and I only see that growing in the future. Um, and so I would, you know, I would ask that um, as the Urban Forestry Council is, you know, hearing from Friends of the Urban Forest, hearing from other stakeholders and, you know, thinking about what recommendations they can make uh, to keep community engagement and, uh, you know, that community participation also front of mind throughout the process. Okay, terrific. I have that down. Desig designated funding for community engagement. So however that's provided, in other words, is it per tree? Is it in some other way? But it has to be there. It's a, it's a component of tree planting program. Okay, so the, the pinch point you discussed really was the physical space and the various issues that go with that, including the competing uses for that physical space. I'm wondering if we had a anonymous donor donate a quadrillion dollars tomorrow, specifically to Puff, what would be the next kind of pinch point or the next thing that you would say, okay, well, we have the physical space issues. We, we those are not going to go away. Um, we're going to dedicate funding, staff time, all of that to that. What is the next thing where you would then want to dedicate this kind of quadrillion dollars worth of funding? Uh, well, I've seen other nonprofits with an endowment, so that's very attractive uh, to me. Um, I, one thing I, I think is a big kind of external pinch point is, uh, frankly, the availability of, of quality nursery stock and the species that we want to plant. Um, I think there's been a lot of, you know, uh, I think that there's been um, a shift in the species that many of the large wholesale nurseries throughout the state have been producing. Um, and in our kind of little corner of the state, we enjoy a, a, a very unique set of climate and site conditions uh, that lend a little bit of a, a different species palette than what you may find throughout the rest of the state. Um, so certainly we have been limited in, in, um, in our ability to find the trees that we want to plant. Um, and that has certainly resulted in a net decrease in how many trees we do plant. And it means less diversity in the trees that we are planting, um, potentially less site suitability of the trees that we're planting. Um, and I think that all of those things have long-term effects in the 
resilience of our urban forest and the effectiveness of the trees that we're planting uh, or in the, the effectiveness of the benefits that the trees that we're planting uh, bring to our community. So, okay. I, so, I, so a contract grow model, if you had a quadrillion dollars, I'm imagining you'd probably just ask the large nurseries, here's a small part of the quadrillion, I want you to contract grow me these 20 or 30 or 50 species. Yeah, that could be very helpful. Um, and, and that's why, you know, I'm very excited um, to hear that um, Public Works is moving forward with a, a street tree nursery of their own, a project that I hope will be very successful. Um, and yeah, just very excited to see some progress or some movement at the local level on that uh, to help tackle that, that challenge. So Mike, just from my perspective as, as an outsider, um, I think this is something we should bring up to our friends at CAL FIRE um, because there's really no reason for our relatively sizable nursery industry to, to not be growing things that, um, that you need. And I know there's a chicken and egg problem. I've, I've been around long enough that, that when you talk to nursery people, they, they immediately go to the chicken and egg problem. Well, we grow what people want. It's like, well, clearly you're not growing what Mike wants. So, um, you know, I, I wonder if that that is something where I think the Urban Forestry Council could, you know, innovate a little bit and say, look, um, we're, we're, if, if that's a pinch point, we, we should be able to solve that pinch point. That's, that's something I, I really think, not like tomorrow, <laughs> but, you know, from now to five years from now, we, sh we should be able to do it, um, especially seeing how fast some of the nursery production methods are now. They can get you a tree in two years to a plantable size. So, yeah, I'm, I'm th this is actually something um, for my fellow council members where we might want to have some of the nursery folks come in and speak. Um, Let's, let's get their perspective. I, I don't pretend to have their perspective, but I think I think this is one of these these pinch points that we really should work on. Um, th this shouldn't be a pinch point, based to, to put it bluntly. Okay, great. Thanks for letting us know, Mike. Um, anything else you want to add? Oh, there's Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, okay. uh, just to, I want to clarify um, the point here. So. Um, Mike, you're you're saying that the species availability of of um, tree stock at nurseries is a limiting a limiting factor to planting, uh, both just because you can't find like like a, a a tree that would get accepted by a stakeholder and potentially just like a healthy enough tree. Um, sorry if I missed other parts of that point. I just want to have a a short note here. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I will say that that is a one aspect of it, um, but by far the, the larger aspect is the availability of species that are adapted to our intensely coastal climate. Um, and so I, I would say that um, would be the overwhelming limiting factor when it comes to nursery stock availability. Um, my... In, in in this situation, might we um, invite folks um, from 
community organizations or uh, CBOs around the city that have um, nursery operations as well um, to see if what they might need to be able to um, support this kind of effort if that money was there. Um, just maybe we don't have to go through large nurse, larger nurseries, private nurseries, sorry. I think most nurseries are private. <laughs> um, but I mean, like Ledge or Sutro Stewards, like might they be able to expand their operations to uh, grow trees a, here as well? That's a totally reasonable idea. Um, it, I think we'll we'll need to kind of keep in mind the kind of numbers that Mike would need versus what a small operation can provide, um, and then also the the stock quality. Um, it's it's sometimes simpler to grow some of these things at a large scale using fairly intensive production methods, especially some of the air pruning pots. Um, and the outfits that tend to do that are those that grow a lot of trees. Um, but there's not really a reason why a smaller outfit wouldn't be able to do that, especially if they're already set up with the sort of phytophthora prevention plan. Um, some of them might be from their native plant work. Yeah, they should be able to do it. Um, but however we do it, I think that the issue is we, we should be able to get around most of this for Mike. <laughs> this, is, this really shouldn't be, sh shouldn't be happening at this point. Um, we've had these conversations with nurseries for years, and clearly something's, we're not connecting somehow, and I think we should be. Yeah, and and if I if I may, just a, a couple other notes on sort of status quo and, and pinch points and things. Um, you know, I bring it back to the community engagement piece. We talk to a lot of people uh, where they're at. Sometimes while we're standing in front of their house with a tree, uh, although we try really hard to avoid those situations. Um, but I think that one thing, if you know, our anonymous donor with a quadrillion dollars showed up. Uh, that would be really, really helpful um, across the city is just better, um, you know, I, I, I feel like the word education is sort of a loaded word these days, but better sharing of some of the implications of what a tree means. Um, so better sharing of, of better communicating the benefits of having trees, uh, both on your street, you know, street level, community level to right outside my house level. Um, better communication around the maintenance and care for that tree, um, particularly Street Tree SF, which has been a huge win. Um, I right. think a lot of people right. still don't know about it. Um, and a lot of people think that this is going to be their responsibility. Um, a lot, so just a lot of that, a lot more of that um, sharing of information and communication. And, and frankly, I think marketing um, would be really helpful in um, increasing community uh, participation and uh, involvement in tree planting efforts across the city. Um, another thing is just thinking about um, the sort of uh, circle of tree planting and thinking of succession and replacement tree planting. Um, for Friends of the Urban Forest in particular, one of the big challenges is it's, it's actually easier for Friends of the Urban Forest to cut concrete and plant a new tree where there wasn't one before than to replace a tree that was previously planted. Um, you know, I think things like uh, 
access to stump grinders, uh, access to tree removal information. Um, I think that uh, coordinating, better coordination with, uh, certainly with uh, the Bureau of Urban Forestry, better network of private arborists that do that work. Um, just kind of thinking about who who are all of the sort of like, what's the ecosystem of tree removal, stump grinding, tree planting, um, and where does Friends of the Urban Forest fit in with that? I think that there, that whole process could be really, uh, there are a lot of gains to be made there. Um, and I think that, you know, when trees come down, communities are often really eager for new trees. And those are often from, from our perspective, some of the most welcomed trees that we plant is when we replace them. Um, but there are a lot of, you know, oftentimes concrete work, stump work, um, a lot of work goes into replanting those trees. And I think that more resources, better communication, better planning around that would go a long way. Okay. Wow. That's okay. definitely something for us to, to, to think about. Um, yeah, that's a very, very, very good point. Um, it's a very, very, very good point. Hey, Nick, Buff, uh, what you're saying resonates uh, in a big way for us. I think that um, the our experience with replacement trees is, is the same. People loved having a tree there and they want a replacement tree to get the canopy and shade that they had before. Um, and I think there's a there's a, a window of opportunity there before they start discovering like, oh, it's kind of nice I can park there with a tree or something like that. Uh, so it, the sooner the better in that sense. Uh, from a canopy equity standpoint, it's often the, the last thing that we should be doing because the trees fall down in, place, in areas that have lots of trees. It's just the likelihood of it. Uh, and we're trying to plant trees in low canopy areas uh, first. So how can we do how can we do both? And then um, for us, we have uh, uh, prioritized tree pruning, getting through all of the trees first as our bleeding priority here. And if a tree was removed, the the stump is like a lower priority from that lens of like, well, let's just get all the trees pruned because the, I got to get this next block and then the next neighborhood is clamoring for, for us to prune their trees for the first time and they've been waiting for so long. So balancing those priorities, I think, will, will be helped if we can staff up so that we have more than um, 0.5 people dedicated to stump grinding. So that... I think some of those problems will solve solve themselves as we um, deal with the staffing issue, for sure. Well, I, just a thought there, Nick. I, I think, of course, you're right. You're usually right. But the issue, the way you both described it, is that this is a pinch point um, that could potentially be solved with money. And I'm kind of thinking we need to we need to build oh, that. Yeah. Oh, like we need to build point. this to, that, to that, that end. 
I, I, should, yeah. I should have offered this solution. But we, we're putting together a stump contract for a contractor to just do like 900 stumps for us. And that'll be good for all of us. Um, a lot of folks view stumps as tripping hazards. I would say debatable. <laughs> I think the tree falling and hitting somebody is a bigger hazard. <laughs> so once we've abated that, we've we have a lesser issue with the with the stump. Still, I want to deal with the stump and then all of the related sidewalk repair when um, when that happens. But to that end, well, we're we're trying to be systematic about a stump contract. Um, along with all of the other contract work. So yes, good point. Yeah, no, I, I think, and thank you, Mike. This is, I mean, I, I find stumps both fascinating because I like trees and also endlessly depressing because <laughs> it indicates, you know, there was a tree here and now there isn't. And I think there is really, it sends, it really, really sends a wrong message um, in so many ways. Um, and so, okay. Thank you, Mike. That's I think this is the kind of thing that that's I think are useful and important to know. Like what are the pinch points? And let's try to work on them. Let's try to work on each one in turn and not not really trade off things. Um, but really say, okay, these are the let, let's let's try to to overcome the pinch points. Um Jesus, and I don't wanna I don't wanna blabor this this discussion. Um it's almost five o'clock. We do have another speaker. Um, Jesus, it's to you, and then it's back to Mike um, because I, I, you know, I really just want, want Mike to have a chance to speak. But Jesus, you go. Yeah, I, I guess if Mike, you have a comment on the conversation as it's been going now, I have um, a couple of of tangential questions, so you can go first. Thank you. Um, yeah, I guess just two two last points uh, before I, I yield back the remainder of my time. Um, one being, I, I obviously, in a climate like San Francisco, watering. Um, to I think, um, the credit of Public Works, they've really invested in watering. Um, and I think that that continues to be a major question mark of, you know, if we plant all of these trees, how are we going to get them watered? Um, you know, I think three years is very, I'll say, generous uh, to assume uh, our trees to become established. I think it's more likely that four or five uh, would be really effective um, if we want to increase the health of our canopy. And um, how can we continue to scale and how can we continue to provide that really critical care for our trees uh, after they're planted? The other thing I'll say, too, um, is that you know we're we're here in the urban forestry council talking about how to to get more trees planted but i think you know there there's a role to play um in the sort of urban planning realm of you know how do we design streets how do we design urban space how do we think about that in a way that incorporates trees from the planning and design stage so that we're not trying to remove concrete and shoehorn trees into an area that frankly was was never designed with them in mind um, so, you know, once I have my quadrillion dollars, um, I am uh, kind of creating a, a, a charm offensive and uh, getting in real early at the uh, design stage of several of, you know, these projects. Um, and I think that that's really important um, is how do we create space that is suitable for, for not just trees, but also people um, and how do they all play together? 
Fantastic. Thank you, Michael. Of course, you're teeing up our next speaker. But before that, we got Jesus. Jesus. Back. <laughs> Thank you, Igor. Um, so mine is on, on this um, topic of Friends of the Urban Forest, specifically focusing on neighborhoods that haven't had trees before. And um, uh, DPW also uh, maybe struggling to plant trees in, in, um, in other neighborhoods that, that aren't. Uh, looked at specifically under the environmental justice focus. Um, do you think, Mike, that your FUF's previous fee-for-service model could be shared and updated and shared, um, or I guess to the to the committee members, um, shared as like a like a starting point for a, a new um, CBO um, to maybe start planting in neighborhoods where, you know, something like Cal Fire funding wouldn't be available, like if they could fund their own trees. Um, but when you say CBO. Or, sorry, uh, nonprofit um, community benefit organization. Um, mm. Because, I mean, that's a historic, I mean, that, that planting program was developed over decades. Um, I think it might be useful to dig that up and not promote it, but have it be available for communities that um, wouldn't be uh, considered an environmental justice community. Is that something that might be possible, Mike? I think that that's something that is very, I mean, Friends of the Urban Forest demonstrated that that was possible for nearly 40 years. Um, and so I think that certainly, um, you know, for us, it's very much a question of if we have a limited amount of money, where do we spend it to make the most impact? Um, and, right. Yeah. Right. And I mean that as like if if that planting program was shared like as a starting point for a new nonprofit or a new community group, is that something that FUF would be okay with? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, whatever it takes to, you know, get more trees planted um, and engage more people in urban forestry and, and, and recruit more stewards of the urban forest, I think is great. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're certainly not, I, I hope uh, we're not protective of, you know, any sort of, um, you know, I, I think we'd be more than willing to share the, the work and I would love to see more groups pop up planting trees uh, in ways that, yeah, are best benefit the communities where, where these, you know, groups come up from. Okay, um, and then thank you, Mike. Um, maybe some follow up on that later. Um, my final question is, um, I think around this idea of maybe tomorrow we have all this money, um, where do you see, I mean, I imagine a staff, uh, uh, FUF's growth or organizations around the city, including maybe Buff, um, staffs would need to grow to accommodate for all the new activity. Do you see any pinch points for that? Yeah, certainly. I think, you know, the first thing is community engagement and tree planting. Um, you know, how do we increase capacity to do more and better engagement with communities before trees are planted uh, so that they can have a stake in what that tree planting project looks like on a project to project basis? Um, and then more staff that actually manage and coordinate the plantings themselves. Um, and then, you know, follow up to that is, 
tree care and watering. Uh, you know, once the trees are planted, that's only the first step. Uh, the real long-term, you know, is watering those trees and then maintaining them. And so those would be sort of the key areas that I would focus on if somebody came into my office and dropped quadrillion dollars on my desk tomorrow. Uh, in that order, uh, community engagement, tree planting, watering, and tree care. Um, Nick, do you have any notes on that specific topic or maybe either of you, sorry, I'm just trying to make these fast. I know we got to move on. Um, have any worries about finding um, staff to hire with, with that funding increase? Do you foresee that being a problem? Perpetually, <laughs> yes. Okay, that's the easy answer. Uh, well, one thing, Mike, you've kind of described this in bits and pieces, but could you could you just give us the arc for for Fuff? Because it seems like decades ago, Fuff was all about getting neighbors together to plant out a whole block, and then doing more with the city and with city funding. And now there's like a new inflection point, at least that's my sense, of all of the neighborhoods that were clamoring for trees have been planted out. And now you're looking at places that uh, are not calling you to plant trees and you're doing more outreach to, um, to cultivate those relationships. It, is that a fair, like, description of things or or how, how do you see this this trend line going yeah i think that it's not so much that the areas that we're prioritizing now don't want yeah. trees or haven't wanted trees it's you know I, I think that the lack of trees is really a symptom it's, it's part and parcel of a, of a greater kind of exclusion from city services and um and so what really has changed for that is Street Tree SF and like the ability to have a tree without the, the liability and the cost that goes along with it. Um, and what hasn't changed with that is I think that there are still a lot of things that people prioritize over trees. Um, and so it really is, we, we do want to invite people and let them know this is an option. Like if you if you want to work with us, we're happy to do that. Um, we're going to be planting trees on your street. You can get involved. Um, and it, it has been more of us sort of um, choosing where we think we can plant the most trees, where those trees will be the most effective. Whereas in the past, we were entirely reactive to interest uh, or, or not entirely, but predominantly reactive to interest. Now we can be more proactive with uh, where those trees will have the biggest uh, impact. Thank you. All right, um, then it sounds like we're wrapping this item up a little oh, bit. Which I think we will forever call the Brit the Blake Troxel principle. <laughs> he, he had that awesome slide talking about like, we're, where could we plant one tree that would have the greatest impact? And uh, I, I love that that way of looking at it. So thank you. Okay. Let's let's we can call it the Blake Rock. <laughs> Mike Mike might prefer to call it the Mike Yowick principle, but all right. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll give a former council member the nod the, here. The Mike Yarek variant. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, this is, this, is, this is important. This is, you know, when, when you're looking at it from like a statewide perspective, some of these things that Mike just talked about don't necessarily kind of bubble up to the top. And um, if those are the pinch points, um, yeah, we should we should bring those up um, um, to the extent we can. I know this is the San Francisco Urban Forestry Council, not the state Urban Forestry Council, but I think this is important to, to bring things like this up. Um, so thank you very much, Mike. Um, you know, if you have any parting words for us, I don't want to I don't want to cut you off, but um, we've we've kept you long enough, I think. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you, thank you very 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 much for coming, and I think. Um, I'm afraid um, we will have to come, ask you to come back, maybe to the full council. Um, but this is this is super super helpful. Um, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the invite. Thank you for the uh, thoughtful conversation, and thank you so much for the work that you do to support our urban forest. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mike. There's no further discussion from the council members. I think. Oh, geez. We... I'm sorry. I have one more question for Mike. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Mike, are you still there? I'm still here. Uh, um, Mike, what a mistake. What a mistake. <laughs> oh, sorry. I lost him. No, I just, I, I wanted to ask, are, are there city imposed restrictions that, that you think we should talk about going forward? Like limitations, how close you can plant to utilities or corners or bus stops or red zones? Um, do you, do you think that that's becoming a limiting factor? Has it always been, or it's getting worse or better? Or we have so many other places to plant. We don't have to talk about that. Just curious what you think. Yeah, I think that the city imposed restrictions are very low on my list of um, kind of impacts to planting more trees. Um, in general, I'm very happy that they exist because they go a long way towards, uh, I think, communicating that trees can coexist with infrastructure and uh, the built environment safely. Gotcha. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. And I think, Kyle, I will turn it over to you for the public comment. Or no, Jesus, <laughs> sorry, Jesus, sorry. Sorry, it was wow. just... It's a it's a final, and I are gonna get booted from the meeting. Final note here. Um, so just uh, I have a list of of pinch points items to discuss. Um, I think part of the action to this um, discussion item was to maybe move this forward as a recommendation to an upcoming um, uh, full council meeting. I've got Mike tentatively confirmed for not um, this month's full council meeting, but the following months. Um, so if we can um for to to take these items um as a draft over to full council i can uh, meet with you igor to to tighten up the list just to okay. to make sure we have an action from from this item so the the um motion is to take this these items up to a future meeting of the full council is that about right Okay, I will make that motion um, with some work still to be done and the date to be determined. But yes, I, I will move to take um, these notes to a future meeting of the full council. Thank you. Anybody want a second before we go to public comment? Thank you. 
All right, now I think we're in the public comment. Members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now press star three to be added to the queue. For those already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. We have several callers in the queue. Hello, caller. You're unmuted. You're a few minutes begin now. Hello, caller. You're unmuted. You're a few minutes begin now. We can come back to that caller. We have an additional caller. Hello, caller. Your three minutes begin now. Are we having technical challenges today? Is it possible folks are hoping to um, speak through the through WebEx, uh, this is they have their hands raised. This is a caller with a uh, four one five. If it's a uh, six two two number, they look muted from my. Yeah, they look. Something looks muted. I don't know which end they're muted on, but they look muted. Okay. Um, and they do actually need to. Ah, ah, there we are. Hold on. Hey. Hold on. Hi, Hi this is Susan Karasoff. Thank you. I, I did have to get permission to unmute myself. Um, this is Susan Karasoff from the California Native Plant Society. The California, the, the COP15 United Nations Biodiversity Conference showed that biodiversity, local native plants, plant communities, and the wildlife that co-evolved with these plants is in crisis worldwide. The Stockholm Resilience Center shows that the biodiversity crisis is order of magnitudes more dreadful than the climate crisis, and the climate crisis is bad. 70% of wildlife species members are extinct worldwide, and those are the species we know about. Every land manager everywhere on Earth needs to manage their lands to enhance local biodiversity to avoid further biodiversity degradation. When we ask Brazil, to manage the Amazon to benefit all of humanity, then we need to manage our own ecosystem to benefit everyone. Both San Francisco and the state of California sent delegations to COP15. When does San Francisco and the nonprofits that plant in San Francisco, including FOF, dedicate 100% of planting to planting local native greenery to support biodiversity and wildlife, as well as people? What are you doing to increase the number of local native trees, fewer than 1% of San Francisco street trees are native. I appreciate this frank discussion about what it takes to add a tree to San Francisco, including finding the appropriate tree species and watering those trees. We've got to plant more native. This is embarrassing. Um, please also tell us more about the greening, the other greening that Cal Fire is interested in funding. And please tell the public about the many trees that were damaged or died during the 2022-2023 atmospheric rivers. I'm interested in what species were damaged, how many of each type, and to update the approved San Francisco tree, street tree species list, removing those tree species as well as removing invasive trees such as the olives and the Mexican fan palms, 
and the Wukal's median trees, such as all the maples and the magnolias, out of the approved San Francisco street tree list C's. Thank you for your attention. My comments are complete. Thank you for your comment. Turning to our next caller in the queue. Hello, caller. You're unmuted. You're three minutes speaking now. Yeah, I just want to thank Mike for his presentation. Um, he's somebody I count as a personal friend. I was really interested in this agenda item because it was called community solutions. Uh, but I note that what you've mostly talked about is the current or future tree planting funding and constraints and scientific solutions. And what I haven't heard is anything about community solutions. So I want to again raise Mission Verde, which at the moment is probably the most successful community developed solution around San Francisco trees that within its capacity addresses nearly every one of the pinch points you've talked about outside of this in this discussion today. And in partnership with Public Works and Friends of the Urban Forest, this is a team of around 100 volunteer tree waters who water 150 trees every week along the Mission's cultural corridor. And we did this by leveraging the, the money that Public Works had to plant 50 trees on that corridor and effectively triple the number of trees by taking over the watering. We're two years into this commitment and to date we have not lost a single tree due to lack of watering. I've asked this council to put this on the agenda several times and my offer is a standing offer because I would really like you to understand how this project works and get your support for it. And the benefit of the leverage this council has to do outreach and implementation for this type of community based solution citywide. As it stands, I personally, me, Josh, frequently get questions from various neighborhood organizations who want to know how Mission Verde works and how they could get it in their neighborhoods. I don't have any official capacity to educate anyone around this other than the fact that I do it every week. So this is something that the Urban Forestry Council could lean into to help support and stretch existing dollars. Mike mentioned that FUF plants 1,000 to 1,500 trees a year. So if Mission Verde tripled that, a Mission Verde styled partnership across the city could plant 3,000 to 4,500 trees a year, and that may seem far-fetched, uh, but it's only far-fetched until you're actually doing it, and it's certainly not as far-fetched as waiting for an anonymous quadrillion-dollar donation. And I want to, <laughs> and while we're watering 150 trees every week, the Mission Verde has not only built a community among its watering teams, we've built a community of San Francisco tree lovers, and we've also built relationship between these watering teams and the marginalized community along this cultural corridor itself. Every time I'm out there watering trees, people stop and talk to me and thank me in English and Spanish for the work that we're doing. So this isn't just greening, it's environmental justice in action and the people who live there recognize this. Um, and then finally, just with regard to Igor's comment on demonstration projects, I would encourage the council to talk to Nick about the pop-up, the pilot pop-out basin project that I convinced BART to uh, provide $25,000 in capital funding to, uh, but is yet to be implemented. That seems like something Igor's concept concept uh, would squarely apply to that uh, pilot project. Thank you. Thank you. And just returning to our original speaker in the queue. I think our third speaker is actually uh, Member Salvador, who may be trying to join us for our next agenda item. Um, so, with that, I believe we are complete for public comment for this item. Oh, 
Sir Lachin? Yeah, let's vote. Um, I think we have a motion on the table. Um, I don't know if we need to vote on it, but Kyle, you would know. Yep. Happy to call the roll. Chair Lachin? Aye. Member Crawford? Aye. Member Sullivan? Member Sullivan, I believe that was an I just want to confirm since it was a little hard to hear. That was an I. Great. The motion passes. Thank you. Excellent. Let us move on. Okay, the next item is item six, discussion and possible action regarding the Urban Forestry Council's review of major projects. The speaker is Ilaria, Ilaria Salvadori, council member. The explanatory documents are the draft UFC major development guidelines and checklist. This item is for discussion and possible action. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you okay. for coming. Hi, um, so I'm not, so I, I had a meeting with uh, Jesus about this and uh, I, I'm not necessarily um, ready to give a whole presentation about this, but I wanted the committee to start thinking about what would be your ask of the planning department on this item. And then uh, the agreement with Jesus was that Jesus and I would meet with senior managers at planning and ask uh, uh, the question the committee asked for them and see how we can bring um, projects uh, to your attention. Um, you know, there is always just my two cents is that there is always the idea of uh, avoiding adding process to processes and making sure that uh, things don't become more bureaucratic and less instead of less bureaucratic and also um, you know, the, the production of housing has been always like a lack, uh, uh, is lacking in San Francisco, as you all know, and it's one of the major crises. So we don't want to bring more, you know, process to, to this, but also we want to make sure that, um, you know, if there is something that can be done in terms of design review and ask of uh, developers for, for greening, given the crisis we've been discussing about today, I think that would be great. Um, so I don't know if uh, this is covered. Um, this is a good introduction, or you need more information. Jesus, do you want to do you want to summarize this up for us? I think this was just to kick off the discussion, right? This was the yeah. This, this was the yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The idea is to kick off the discussion. I was approached by uh, Jesus about this idea of uh, bringing uh, uh, major developments to your attention as uh, uh, in terms of tree planting uh, um, production, you know, how, ma how many trees uh, are planted per development? You know, we are, as you know, some of you know already, we already have a street advisory team, which is um, street design advisory team, which is it's just advisory as the title says, but we are um, sometimes uh, uh, asking developer for required items in terms of street uh, street design. So there is already something happening there. Uh, we don't necessarily. It sounds to me that you are thinking about bigger projects and not just infill projects in the city or development projects on, on a single lot. If that's the case, you know, for for uh, for the 
regular projects as that. We have uh, Chris back from, uh, from BAF, who's already part of the team, so we work with them all the time. And we write these letters, which are recommendations to developers, and tree planting is one of the items. Now, that said, um, I, it sounds like a, that's not a huge impa impact on the city, you know, uh, tree canopy, obviously. I mean, it contributes, but it's, it's, you know, usually it's a few trees per development on the street. On the street. Um, but my understanding from Jesus is that the, the ask was for bigger projects, like projects that are more uh, complex, and then making sure that there is a check for the tree canopy that might not be one of the priorities of the of the projects. Uh, if I could jump in, you guys can hear me. Um, yeah, I think that was historically what we were. What I think that we would um, we're trying to do is have. As you said, larger projects that might have um, a bigger impact on the urban forest that would come before the council and give an opportunity for input and review and to bring just kind of the urban forestry kind of lens to those projects. That's not for kind of individual, you know, um, housing projects, but it's a way to hold the feet, you know, to the to the fire for developers. I think it's also a way to and I know you've got, you know, Chris Buck and others within, you know, that are that are part of this process. So again, I I, I I share your idea of not wanting to make kind of add to the bureaucracy and add layers, but I think there's a lot of expertise on the council. And whether it's from, you know, like my my lens, which is more as a landscape architect, more from a designer, or um Igor, which might be, you know, um, you know, more of a arborist or scientist and you know, there's a lot of different ways that we can kind of I think that that it's worthwhile to have that brought to the council I think it can be um and, and again I think it's just a way to we want to make sure that the and I uh that the urban forest is part of the process and that can be from early points in the kind of planning and design ideally all the way, you know, depending on the project, uh, you know, through whatever phase makes sense. I could say, like, just for an example, um, just um, with the Van Ness plant, Van Ness um, corridor, the uh, uh, rapid bus and all of the utility work that's going on. That we started looking, we, we were in, as a council, got kind of engaged with that. At the very beginning, so that was probably like 12 years ago when we were first brought into the conversations around that project. And there was a lot of, uh, we had a lot of, you know, robust conversation around saving or not saving a lot of the existing trees that were within that corridor. And I think there was part of that, those conversations and presentations and work with the council that prompted some kind of reevaluation of how they could or couldn't work some of the existing trees that might be more significant into that project. That's just as an example. So, you know, I don't yeah. think it's not every project. I think it's so 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 it's it's it sounds that um it sounds like uh, the thought is to include also infrastructure projects, not just development projects, like public infrastructure projects. For sure, uh, which I is say, and, and, you know, yeah. So I, I think I would I, it's a good good feedback to know. I mean, what I'm trying to do now is to 
gauge the interest of the council, what kind of reviews you would, you know, if you could just choose with no constraints, what kind of reviews we would like to have. And then we would go to planning senior management and, and have a clear ask of, you know, how, how we incorporate the council in the reviews. Uh, it's not only planning, obviously, because, you know, being infrastructure projects also empty and public works. Um, but like the example you gave on the BRTs, it would be mostly, you know, not, not necessarily planning, but but development projects like, uh, you know, in kind agreements or, or big developments is definitely planning and other agencies. So, yeah, there have there have been projects like, you know, larger housing, uh, you know, large, you know, larger scale kind of housing projects that are a quarter of a block or half a block or bigger that we'd had before us at times just again to kind of push the developer on issues regarding the yeah. um uh, urban forest and just tree planting yeah well i would just say if i could just add one thing i was going to say we you know Igor, at one point we did have we were trying to set up i think and this was like I think with John Spring, maybe trying to like develop a kind of a not a checklist because again, we don't, you know, we're an advisory body as well, but something that could kind of give guidance on kind of, you know, if it was the number of trees or the size of development or something that could help planning and other, for that matter, other city agencies, you know, understand when there might be like a trigger that we would consider kind of urban forestry scale, um, you know, input and review and kind of presentation. So I, I don't have those. I don't. You know, this was quite a while ago, so I don't remember what our. Yeah, um, and uh, it, it makes sense. I mean, what I what I would like to see, as I was mentioning, we already have um, as that review that would not be uh, what you're talking about. It would not cover the same items, but I can give you, um, you know, an example of how the maybe some of you are already familiar how the letters that we sent to developers look like. You know, and that, and we have a month, a weekly meeting, um, interagency meeting, where we review all the development coming in and and giving advice. Sorry, advisory, but the advisory is pretty involved. You know, it's just just like general guidelines. It's really design, looking at design details and giving the feedback um, to the developers. And trees are included there, but. Um, I think it makes sense. What I would like to see the the council do, in my opinion, is that, you know, one thing is the checklist with trees and, you know, just traditional items, but also thinking about how to push the developers um, to innovate within the green, uh, the street canopy. So how do we think about in a little bit more sophisticated way since we are doing a design review? How we can plant species that are, you know, uh, good for the, you know, appropriate for the new climate. Um, how do we think about all the things that Faf was talking about in the previous presentation? Like, how do we create a situation where we can have uh, community partnerships around this tree planting and, and such? So, I think it's an opportunity, and it's. I think it would be better presenting it like that if we want to add review to say. You know, we want to make sure that there is a some kind of quality to this aspect of the development, the tree planting and the greening aspect, and we want to make sure that this reflects the future of the city, not just 
the way things have been done so far. So it's just not, I, I don't see only about quantity and volume of trees, but it's more also like tree selection, as you Faf was saying, and, and, you know, what kind of maintenance uh, agreements we can have, because, you know, maintenance is always the big issue, right, with these developments. Who is maintaining the trees? Who's maintaining, you know, that, that, mm -hmm. that's the first question we hear from any development in partnership with the city. So how do we come up with, you know, maybe more innovative ways of, of, of bringing these items to, to the, um, anyway, so, yeah, so, so I think, uh, you know, maybe there is some work to be done here in terms of, uh, uh, writing down some of these ideas and, uh, and being prepared when we go to the agency to ask for this review, like that we are clear about what we want. Yeah. And I mean, checklist or not checklist, but that kind of idea, you know, not just the question right. we would like to review, but it's like, and also when we say major developments, what do we mean by that? Because, right. you know, what are the thresholds so we can ask also. That's that's exactly, I think, what Andrew was referencing, and I, I have in the back of my mind that idea that, you know, there is this moment where um, Urban Forestry Council could be helpful, that's that's all, <laughs> but how do you know that you've reached that, that moment? Okay, so maybe we should think about this a little bit more. Um, yeah, Jesus, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we could have... Um... I like we could have like a target goal, you know, to have a, maybe a list of items, like a, li a list of uh, aspects of the development we would like to review, you know, like uh, not only the number of trees, but like the type of um, looking at the, you know, the, the species chosen or maintenance agreements or whatever, whatever you think you guys think about. We did put on all of that last time Jerry's project. I think we, we've uh, we've been involved in kind of and in helped input on all of that in various projects in mm -hmm. the past. Um, That's you know, great. I think what we one thing we had done I thought successfully too we used to use planning and funding that we would be able to kind of touch base in planning and funding you know, you know several times a year to kind of figure out what you know um, what what projects might be worth bringing to council and just it's a little more informal way to kind of that stuff and say, oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, um, you know, uh, Yerba Buena was like an, an example where, you know, that was one that's been repeatedly to the council because it's got a huge impact. But, you know, there's just, we could use a planning and funding as just kind of a sounding board and a kind of a vetting process too. So, so in terms of the, your suggestion for next steps, do you, would you like to see uh, some, senior management or director from planning coming to the council for a discussion or you would like to you know have more like a subcommittee going to the senior managers like me and jesus and whomever wants to join to talk to every meeting with planning or maybe you want to think about it but we need to decide that too hey Laurie, it's nick could could we just jump straight to inviting some projects to come back, like Yerba Buena Island, Treasure Island, to find out what's the status. It's been a couple of years. A lot is happening out there. How many trees are were removed? How many trees do you plan to plant? Um, what it, 
what is it what does that look like what's the larger picture with the open space um then we've had other projects i think i think we heard from 3333 california street um i think they came to us briefly before they had their like um uh, uh what is that development plan called it's kind of like an exemption or something once they get it passed by the board of supervisors but some of these big projects that have a lot of tree impacts and tons of streets um frontage it'd be great to hear from them have them um give us updates and then what's in the pipeline too like what's um what's early enough that we could give them feedback where they could actually incorporate it rather than be the last stop on the train where it's kind of too late to change anything so they're just giving us a courtesy update yeah that makes sense but by sounds to me that we need to i i thought we also needed to decide what the role of the council is from now on and or by sounds like you have already a clear idea because i don't think it seems like more one-off, you know, these reviews, like uh, people, I don't think people at Planning realize <coughs> that there is this stop to be made to present to the council. It seems like a project-specific. That's one of the reasons why we were trying, I remember when we were originally trying to kind of come up, it was like pre-COVID, trying to, you know, give better parameters and or metrics on what, you know, would potentially trigger a, a, a you know engagement with the urban forestry council that um that was part of the reason that it was you know unclear some people don't even have an understanding that we exist some people you know very much do and want to like you know would like to get input and or endorsement or you know review and so i think it would be you know part of this was i think to help planning and ideally you know other city agencies know you know when when it's when it's worth when we would when we would you know want to or expect to see the project in front of us and ideally how we can help yeah i i think so so okay so it seems like uh, for next steps we need to Maybe engage in a more like brainstorming mode with the, some people at the planning department to determine where are the thresholds for projects to be, uh, where are the thresholds that trigger a review, and also how do we want to engage with projects? Do you want projects to come and present, ask planners to come and give a presentation, like Nick was asking, or do we want to, you know, me presenting at the council or whatever, you know, like. I think we it's up it's still up in the air. It's unclear, so we need to make, focus a little bit more on this, and then once we have that, we can schedule whatever we decide to do. You know, if we want updates or, but we need. I think we need to have a clear kind of um, step forward. You know, like in the future, saying this is the council, this is this is planning. What is our relationship? You know, we might find that it's a quarterly update, or you might want uh, uh, project specific updates. On the, on the agenda, but I think it's beneficial to have a clear ask so that things can happen. And, you know, I have, you know, me being on the council and being in planning, I can definitely facilitate that scheduling with Jesus for sure. Otherwise, you know, one of the things that can help since 
uh, been there. But but I think my advice, because I've, I floated generally the idea with some senior manager, I think mm. if it's not super clear or it's not clear, ask, it remains a little bit. I don't think it's going to be very good for the council and not necessarily very focused for the project. So we need to, I'm not saying create a, strong, a very rigid system, but just some kind of decision, say, for example, quarterly updates to the council. Oh, I know that now the council meets quarterly, right? So it's a little bit different, but, um, you know, twice a year updates or like, uh, or special updates, you know, you do a special meeting. Just for projects, development projects, or whatever, whatever you guys think. I mean, I don't think there is a rule. We just need to decide internally, and then, uh, um, and then for I think a little bit formally talk about it with planning, and then and then I could be part of the facilitation of that conversation. You know, in terms of scheduling and, and putting things on the agenda. Okay. So let's let's continue the internal conversation and formulate okay. a little better what I think that's I think that makes sense at this point. Um, yeah. I don't know if Nick and Andrew what how you would suggest we proceed. Well, I, I think back pre COVID when I sort of kicked this off with Oscar, the intent was to come up with a um, uh, some like a procedure or protocol that was independent of the people on the council that it would just continue on in perpetuity because when John Sway and Carla Short were on the council for for public works and planning, they seem to have a pretty good system where we have this regular flow of folks coming to the council, presenting their projects and saying like, hey, just making you aware of our project and the significant tree impacts I shouldn't say significant trees because we have a legal definition of what significant trees are, but some major tree imp impacts in the public space. And we want to let you know that we're we're planting all of these trees to offset that, or we're planting zero trees, uh, like whatever it is, and then we can have that discussion about it. And for whatever reason, with with um, turnover in the planning department and then also on our side at Public Works, I think we lost that flow of projects and uh, we've tried to like, restart that organically and it's just not happening. So I think we need a process and I, I don't think that complicating, like I, I don't think making this a requirement of you have, you have to present to the council, we don't want that as a, for everything, but a way to sort of filter relevant um, projects uh, that wouldn't overwhelm us, but also doesn't leave us wondering, like we haven't heard from anybody in a couple of years, surely development hasn't stopped for no projects, so. Right, uh, but, but so I understand and I, I agree, like I think it would be a good, I think, good thing to do, but we speaking with um so Jesus and I and Oscar met, but my understanding is that there is no procedure written down right now. So Oscar didn't provide any procedural document or anything. Said it was in the making, but there was nothing really. And uh, so if you have any information about what John Sway did that you liked, 
uh, somewhere, or just you can describe it to me, what, what, what were the characteristics of this process, then we can replicate that. I mean, if you think that that process worked, there is no point in redesigning a new process. But, but I just want to make uh, sure that it's a little bit more formalized and clarified for people who don't know about it. You know, mm. even the planning, because, you know, they're new planners and they're new management. And so we need to understand what we're talking about exactly. So it sounds like they were coming regularly to the council to present projects for yeah. your comments. And then mm -hmm. those comments were translated in some letter or some to the developer or how, how was the. The comments, I think, were usually to the planning department. Um, mm -hmm. But I could be wrong. Uh, yeah. Honestly, yeah. it's been a while. Um, yeah. So Nick and Andrew, correct me. Um, but I, I, I think what Nick just said is important. This wasn't, uh, we aren't looking to add a kind of formal rigid requirement. We're more looking to create, to bring back the sort of interaction that we had. Um, and you're right, Ilaria, that it might take a little bit of a description of yeah. <laughs> what that looks like and what, right. especially what triggers it. So the people yeah. who are just looking at a plan review, they're, you know, they might not be thinking of. Anyway, I, I think we can continue this discussion and we can kind of maybe work up some of these ideas. You know, yeah, and, and I think I think with Nick's input, because it, uh, it sounds like Nick, you you have a clear kind of a clear idea what you were seeing in the past and maybe Andrew and this group, uh, I mean, I think we can give ourselves like a target time date, you know, to have this description and what, what is the trigger, what is the threshold that brings a project to you, uh, to the to the council, and then we can go from there. I don't see it as a problem to bring projects, it's just a, ma a matter of understanding. So when we go and approach people, you know, we know what we're asking and it's not just, oh, you should come here because because people yeah. tend to say, well, no, I don't have time. Okay. So to make sure this becomes like a knowledge that it's a step and I think it's an important step. Okay, so I guess I'll, I'll still, I'll keep work, talking to you guys and, and Jesus and we go from there. Yeah, uh, I think one other step that, that did happen that, that came out of the discussion with Oscar was um, adding trees to the checklist earlier. Um, I, I think that there's there's always going to be this this debate because um, sometimes our inspectors like there are two minds they're saying like this is insane look at all the plans we have to review we need like twice as many inspectors to be able to review all of this and I'm like oh yeah that's tough and then later they're they're saying we should be the first stop. Every plan to start with buff. To, we should talk about trees first. I'm like, do you realize what you're asking for? Mm -hmm. um, so the it, it makes sense that it goes through a funnel and it gets gets to buff for tree review, um, and that there's always going to be an argument for like moving that earlier or later. And I think we're at a good point right now, um, mm -hmm. but there there are times where you know, a garage gets approved and there's a tree in the way and then it's, well, well we have to remove the tree now because there's a garage there. and mm -hmm. that should never happen. So the, um, I think right the way it is now, folks have to disclose whether there's a tree and mm -hmm. there's a, a, a bit of like a interpretation if the developer is like, there's a tree now there, but yeah, but we could get rid of that. And then when it comes 
you know, time later on, it's like, hey, you should have disclosed that. Now we have to talk about this and we have mm -hmm. to talk about how you didn't disclose that. Right. Um, so uh, it does become, um, if we depend on someone to volunteer that information, I think it's. Yeah, um, well, for, for the small scale projects, what I call small scale, it's uh, the SDAG review, the design advisory team, um, trees, um, are, you know, we require actually uh, existing conditions and then propose and, and buff is there to review and, and give comments. So there is a whole section of the letter that we sent to the developer that it's street, street, street trees and green. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's captured there with mixed results. I'm sure sometimes things are like lost or, or some things are, some trees are removed, but, but buff is at the table giving comments. Uh, but the larger picture, I mean, the larger developments, obviously, uh, it's a little bit more complicated because, as you know, uh, it's more ad hoc, like there is speak in kind agreements are interagency teams. Trees are not necessarily the, the focus, right? There are many other issues. And so I think it is a, a good idea to add trees and greening as a asset and, and the, an item of the of the project or the proposal. And so the way to capture is to bring it early and maybe this is the body that can actually capture this these issues and bring them forward yeah especially on on projects where they could have done it differently and preserved a large specimen right. tree right and they just felt that it was too much work or yeah. um it would be easier to just have a blank slate and build from that and i think that we're in a unique position to put to 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 put that dialogue in earlier to say yeah. and the, and the property yeah. you're talking about has the, the spectacular tree we want to save that and right. and make that a public topic and, and in my opinion just so I know we are going it's getting late but in my opinion it's also important to link it to policy and uh, you know the goals the mission statement of the council right so we have this uh, crisis in the city because we have a lack of uh, trees we are falling short of plant tree planting. The development, private developers are not necessarily looked at as the, you know, the, the, the solution, but they, they should contribute to the, to the solution. And so it's a way of getting something through mm -hmm. these developments, like we, like the same as we get other street improvements, right? Infrastructure, sometimes developers pay for bulb outs or, or street, street design, and they should pay also trees, trees are a, resource that should be considered in this development and i'm sure they're not they're probably not the focus of the development so yeah so anyway so i think if we link this description and what triggers the development review and uh, to policy and what the status of the tree you know the report that you have that you circulated i think that is going to make a very strong argument too not that we have to convince anyone but just like a back it's just a background right for something that we want to achieve as a council so Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you, I'll Laura. Keep working on it. Yes, thank you. I'll, I'll still be here until the end, but uh, thanks. Great. Thank you. Really appreciate you coming. Um, Kyle, is there any other discussion by the council members? Ah, yes. Jesus, go. Um, sorry, I'm 
I, I, I also I appreciate the discussion. I think I, I just learned a lot um, that I wasn't understanding previously about this process. It's a lot to take in um, from my end. Um, uh, I'm struggling to understand how this item moves forward. Is this another discussion item at another at a next planning and funding meeting, or does this is there an outline here for me to follow to bring to full council? You'll have recommendations on how this should be handled. Um, I think you know we can engage Jesus and Ilaria and the planning and funding committee a little bit more, and then we will bring this back to the full council just so everybody has a chance to look at um, what we're thinking. But it might be a little early to bring it right up to full council. Although I'm, I'm frankly, I'm not. I, I don't really have an opinion on this. I don't know, Andrew, Nick. Do you? Do you have an opinion? I, I, would, I would agree. I think it's a little too early. I think it'd be nice if there's a way if we could get, if we could um, uh, clarify this a little bit more with Ilaria and get like a little clearer kind of road plan, roadmap about what and how and why we're you know requesting projects to come to the full council. So that we have some kind of an understanding with, the, you know, the, the, with with her and and planning, and then we, we then we can mention it to bring it to the full council. I think the the way that it typically would hopefully be coming to the full council then would be that there would be either like uh, some sort of an a, you know presentation or updates by Alaria, or there'd be a project sponsor person, planning and or developer and or you know whoever that might be that would present a project to the full council. Yeah, I, I think I think I agree with you both you guys. I think we should first internally draft a process that we think it's best. Just we don't need to remain the wheel. It sounds like you were doing it already, but just refine this process, link it to the latest policy issues, you know, and, and what we want to achieve. And then uh and then talk to planning. I'll I'll try to think I'll try think uh, who could be the best person or a couple of people are planning to brainstorm with us and, and seal this and then from there go to the council with a proposal so it's clear you know it's just figure it out and that that's what we would like to do and get it to vote um and nick if you have anyone or any other person who you think should be in this conversation from planning please let me know because i know you were working before i was part of this council with someone mm -hmm. probably john sway and chris buck Okay, from from Buff. And but did you collaborate with specific people at planning that you think could come back to this or not really? Oh, maybe I should John just might know. Yeah, I think okay. John. Would be the, I think John would be the best person. Maybe Ilaria, if you could, if you wanted yeah. to reach out to him, okay. because he was again, he was he was really the facilitator. So he was okay I think because of the way that he just kind of had his, you know, kept a like kind of. A, Knew what was going on, where and when, and yeah, you know, okay. And so, but he might be a good person to 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 ask about it. Okay, great, great. I'll do that. So it sounds Thank like you, for guys. the it sounds like for the moment I should uh, organize a meeting uh, between Ilaria and John, and then from there bring that back to to here. Yeah, yes, and Chris back. Chris back too, because he's also in the SDAT student yes. design advisory team. Yeah. So he would be part of that new pipeline. Okay, so I'll get that going and then follow up when 
that meeting has happened. Okay. No further questions for me. Thank you. Public comment. Probably. Probably. Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong here. No, it's uh, correct, Chair Lachin. So we'll open it up to public comment. Um, members of the public wish to make a public comment on this item. Should now press star three to be added to the queue. For those already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. We do have a couple of callers in the queue, just one moment. Hello, caller, you're muted. Three minutes to begin now. Hi, this is Susan Karasak from the California Native Plant Society. Thank you very much for considering bringing infrastructure projects to the Urban Forestry Council for review. The SFMTA Van Ness Corridor project planted new eucalyptus trees. Eucalyptus trees are invasive, shallow-rooted firing torches that do not belong in San Francisco anymore, and we should know better. Um, but the project manager may not have known better, and they didn't ask you. Is there any way for Urban Forestry Council members to feed back to CAL FIRE, Caltrans, and other state funding agencies to please add a requirement for their funding to avoid funding more invasive trees in California? Um, I have looked at CAL FIRE funding requirements before, and they permit invasive trees as long as they're low water use. So um, if you've got some context there that would listen, that would be wonderful to avoid adding more eucalyptus trees to San Francisco. Thank you for your attention. My comments are complete. Thank you for your comment. And we do have one additional call in here, just one moment. Hello, caller, you're unmuted. Your three minutes begin now. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, so I just want to note that this is the second of two substantive agenda items today that ended in a, effectively a decision to talk more about this at a future time. So, in the spirit of that, I just want to read from the San Francisco's Environment Code, Chapter 12, Section 1203, which says, The Urban Forestry Council's responsibilities shall include, but not be limited to, the following, subsection 2, Review project plans for major publicly sponsored developments and civic improvements and changes to the public right of way as they may impact trees. Based on its review, the council shall make recommendations regarding these projects to the planning department and other affected agencies. So this council already has the statutory ability to call these types of developments and projects to a meeting to report and call them back and see if they did what they said they were going to do. And for projects that you call to present, you're statutorily tasked with making recommendations regarding those projects and their impacts. So it seems to me that this is really as simple as identifying projects and then using your existing statutory authority to call them in to present. It's not complicated and there doesn't need to be, you know, complicated internal processes or discussion, just as simple as applying the authority you already have under San Francisco's existing law. And to the extent there's been discussion regarding trees in development and construction generally, I would also point to the council to subsection four of that same section 1203, which reads that the council has the authority to quote, adopt guidelines for protecting trees during project design and construction. And finally, subsection nine of that same chapter that reads that the council has the authority to quote, assist with the formulation of legislation and policies that affect trees. So this council has all the tools and authority that it needs to do everything we just spent a great deal of time discussing 
It's really just a matter of applying and acting on that authority. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. See no additional callers in the queue. Public comment on this item is closed. Let's move on to the next item. Okay, the next item is item seven, new business future agenda items. This item is for discussion. All right. Um, so I have a couple of things. Um, if y'all want to go first, please do. All right. Uh, so one of the things I wanted to um, bring forward, hopefully our full council, if it sounds all right with you, if not, I can bring it uh, to workshop here at planning and funding first. Just wanted it since this seems like it might be. Um, I'd like to discuss the um, uh, possibility of inviting um, other just community groups to submit like job opportunities or just like for the council to have a standing item where we distribute information of like, uh, say Fluff is doing a uh, planting project or Mission Verde um, needs volunteers to water more trees, um, things like that. If there's open job opportunities in relation to urban forestry around the city, have a collection of those that get published with our agenda um, regularly even if we don't read them through thoroughly, like little, like an announcement kind of newsletter thing, it doesn't have to be complicated. But um, if this seems like a something that would be um, interesting to entertain here or a full council, I hope that that's something we can do. What do y'all think of that? I, I think we probably need a lawyer's opinion on that. <laughs> um, but I, I don't have any I don't have any objection to something like that. I, I think we should talk about it more before we be, just make sure we're not running afoul of some. Yeah, something. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, so I, I was just exploring how outreach might work for for our council and, and a little bit a different, more small community focused items. Um, the next one is um, regarding our um, our next planning and funding meeting um, on uh, a couple of weeks from now. Um, so a couple of things I've developed since I last communicated with all of you. Um, it seems uh, so. My first question is: um, It looks like at this time we might have to meet. Um, where we have all agreed to meet um, right now here at um, 11.55 um, Market Street. Um, we may have to switch, I mean, we will have to switch over to 49th South Benest, the planning department's offices. Um, uh, that or uh, we can postpone the meeting, that way it's not um, a couple of weeks from now, kind of just, um, having them really close back to back. Um, and while we figure out a more permanent solution, um, like uh, uh, for relocation of the meetings. Sorry, um, Kyle, I think there was more to that uh, idea. Hopefully not doing anything aside from the first floor on 49 South Venice because it's 
so carefully regulated to yeah elevators. that was my that's that's why i'm pitching we postpone it um because uh the meeting rooms um on the first floor of 49 are closed at five um so it prohibit the length of this meeting um we meet earlier um but um either way um, we're gonna need to figure out either how to get upstairs um, in that building or move it here and what what it would look like on our staff our our department staff to to have it here as well as the the return to in person is continually developing little hiccups we we can talk more about it i do we don't need to make a decision right now yeah Jesus? We, um, we can because I think this changed just like in the last couple of days. So, yeah. Um, hopefully, um, this a week or early next week is. Uh, I need to figure out um, the agenda items to to publish before. I I'm okay either way. I'm okay with forty with with Vanessa, or I'm okay with postponing the meeting until we have a more stable in person location. So the Environment offices didn't work out this time around. Is that what's happening? Yeah. Um, okay. okay. That's yeah. Wait, we we did it at sixteen fifty for the committee in the past, and then we did it at city hall for the full full council meetings. And I know that all those locations have their own like, scheduling constraints, but there there were certainly some advantages to the way. It, it was set up if if that's something we could reinstitute yeah e either way the relocation would need to would uh, probably require a bylaw update um and that that has some like implications on our team here um and pro likely elsewhere um for our regular meetings otherwise we'd have to do um special meeting notices for every meeting uh which had like a few steps to our our work yeah no no let's let's make this as as straightforward on jesus and kyle as we can so i, I think if, if we need to either meet van ass or postpone I'm, I'm fine with either option but yeah let's work on figuring out a more permanent location i think that that makes sense okay I'll follow. I will, I will admit to not knowing what happened at with with the changes they made at Vanessa. So I I don't know what the so I'm I'm just going to voice my support for either option until Jesus and Kyle kind of work out what makes the most sense. Okay, thank you. Um, as far as further items here, um. I have uh, interest from John Sway uh, to present um, on uh, the Kirkus Agrifolia uh, study that they've that he's been working on with an intern. Uh, if that sounds all right for him to present here, just to work out some kinks in the presentation before taking that to full council. Yeah. All right. Sounds great. That, that's all I have, I think. Speaking of John. He's on vacation, so it's a great time to assign stuff to him. So uh, 
the street tree nursery, we, we have reached some new milestones. It's completely fenced. Um, we're, we have a meeting Thursday to uh, finalize our, our order for the offices. Uh, we have a, um, RFP going out for the workforce development partner to be located at the site. Um, we'll have two public works employees working there and then 20, 25 workforce development participants, uh, really, really like blowing up what we're doing there. So, uh, I think there's, there's more to talk about now. And I told you, I wouldn't come back to you just to talk about a blank piece of ground. Um, and what I was going to do with it, but if we can finally talk about what we've, uh, um, accomplished. So I think it's worth, worth revisiting that either here or, or there. I love talking to the committee level because we have great conversation. Um, but it should go to the council either way. We also have Arbor Day, March 11th, planting 117 trees in Soma. It's not an easy place. <laughs> to plant trees this is a precursor because uh, next year probably be in, in the tenderloin. So we're aiming for, you know, that Blake Troxel principle. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm excited about that. And um, business items. I think at some point I should I should give you guys give you sorry give you all an update on uh, some of the winter storm um, things that we went through and also um, the 50 plus trees or at least branches that went down in the last couple of hours. So it's been hard to ignore my inbox right now, but it's just. <laughs> been a been a rough month for for trees two months you are what do you think um yeah i mean uh, i think with those updates we want to you know sort of wait but not wait too long <laughs> so that's the so i will leave that to you um you have a standing invitation i think okay. you all are quite interested um I'll leave it up. Can we to talk you about the failures time. the next committee meeting then? Just do we that. We can talk about failures the next one. Uh, Jesus, what do we have for the next one? Just so I don't promise if we already have stuff. Um, no, so loaded up. Right now, I have a, a list of things, but I'd like to figure out what we're doing with the the next when the next meeting is happening before right. figuring all of that right. out. But okay. um, in the meantime, Nick. Um, can we meet to discuss this so we can maybe wrap in all of the other stakeholders tree um, uh, reporting from the the um, storm at the beginning of the year and, and the winds um, today? Just so it's not like a lot of items coming back to full council, we can try to cover it all at once. Yeah, I'm, I'm down to chat. Um, another thing that's coming to mind that has been a, a milestone for us is we're we're now talking about our approach to pruning the last trees 
that we haven't pruned yet. And I think Igor, mm -hmm. you might find that fascinating. Some of our, um, some of the things that we're we're doing. I think we were talking about that too. Okay, I will leave this in Jesus's hands. Um, <laughs> yes, this is you, you have an invitation. And again, yeah, let's let's. I, I also don't want to overload Jesus and Kyle. I know that maybe the first priority is to just figure out the logistics of that. <laughs> like, where are we yeah. doing this? But so, if it makes it yeah. easy for some agenda items, I I can. I can you You're can put me on the spot with a couple days of notice. Jesus, keep no take notes here. Volunteering. Yes. Thanks, Nick. I, I feel like I've relied on you for last minute items already a few times. All good. Appreciate it. Okay. Very good. Unless there's anything else, I think this is another moment to open things up to public comment, but do I have anything else? Nick, Andrew? <laughs> I love the hand gesture. <laughs> I'm just I'm just looking. I just want to make sure I've got I've got the panelists, I've got the attendees, the the you know, I just want to make sure that I'm not missing somebody. I see one hand raised, so I'm guessing we're going to public comment. Then. Uh, thank you, Chair Lachin. We'll now open it up to public comment. Members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now press star three to be added to the queue. For those already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. We do have a couple of callers in the queue. From California Native Plant Society, I want that winter storm update so badly. Uh, I understand you're having logistics issues figuring out where to, to have this meeting, um, but if you can give the public a, a little bit of notice that you're going to do this, I, I want this. And, and I'm not the only person who wants this update, and I wish SF data were easier for me to use, but, uh, but I would really appreciate having that from you. So thank you for your attention. My comments are complete. Um, just um, real fast to comment back to Susan. I've already um, emailed out a survey, um, and we'll be following up on that survey when um, a couple of weeks after the storm, when I did email that out, folks weren't done um, picking up after the storm, um, and we're still accounting for everything. So I wanted to give them some time to to catch up on all of that work uh, before bothering them again. Um, so that is, I hope that that is about now. Um, it sounds like Nick has some updates already. Um, so yeah, it's it'll definitely be covered soon. We do have an additional call in the queue. Hello, caller. You're unmuted. Your three minutes begin now. Yeah, I just wanted to, <clears throat> relative to uh, Jesus's suggestion for future agenda items and or actions, again, just kind of read back from the uh, Environment Code uh, Chapter 12. Section 1203, 
um, that under subsection five, uh, the council has the authority to quote, encourage early and continuous participation in urban forestry projects and programs that includes consideration of neighborhood interests. And under subsection 10, serve as a clearinghouse for information related to the urban forest through the Department of the Environment. So I don't, you know, as an attorney myself, uh, that's pretty black and white in terms of, I think, what he was talking about um, and its uh, propriety uh, for, in, for action by this council. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. And see no additional callers in the queue. Public comment on this item is closed. And I think I think it is time for item number eight, adjournment. And just before we do that, this is the last virtual meeting of the planning and funding committee. I think that's correct, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. And I just want to thank Jesus, I want to thank Kyle, and I want to thank all of our um, wonderful staff uh, folks from SF Environment who've been keeping us running for the past three years. It's been three years of doing this. We've had every single one of these meetings concluded successfully, um, and I really want to thank everybody. And of course, I want to thank the, the committee members for, for sticking with it. So thank you all. Thank you, members of the public who've been sticking with us for, for three years, and we'll, we will see you somewhere <laughs> in person um, sometime soon. So thank you all. Yes, thank you. Good to see you. Thank you. And then, yeah, I do agree. We have a few intrepid public commenters sticking it out. Thank yeah. you. We, I think we need more. All right, see you all. Kyle, adjourn us. <laughs> Thank you. The meeting is adjourned. The time is 6.13 p.m. Thank you for joining us. Have a good night. Bye, everybody.